Okay. We are holding an Ein Zayin Omid base. Holding Ein Zayin Omid base. We have just started. We have just started in the last few lines of last Omud to get involved in the spelling, the correct spelling of words which sound similar. We want to find Tsukim which tells the correct spelling. So we spoke about our Mishnah, we said Gemi'a, to gulp, to drink. Do you spell it with an Aleph or with an Ayin? And we find the Pasuk which spells it with an Aleph. Now we're going on to more words mentioned in Mishnayis to know the proper way to spell them. Gar'inin oi gar'inin. Seeds, do you spell them with an Aleph or with an Ayin? Omer Rabba Barbula, Rabba Barbula. We have a pasuk which can prove that you spell it with an Ayin. It says, V'nigra meir kecha. You deduct it from the value. Deducting is called Gira'in. With an Ayin. And a seed, a pit, is something which you deduct you remove from the fruit. So therefore, this shows that the proper way to spell garin is with, a, with an ayin. You buy into another question. We speak about dimmed coals, the coals where the, where the fire is not, is not burning inside of them. It's dark, dark coals. So the expression for them is gecholim oinomois. The question is how to spell it. Do we spell it with an olive or with an ayin? Oinomois oinomois. I have a pasuk which will prove that you spell it with an ayin. It's a pasuk speaking about a king, a king of Tzur, Hiram, the king of Tzur, and he's a beautiful person. And the pasuk says he was so beautiful that the beautiful cedar trees did not dim his beauty. So it says in the pasuk, Arazim, the cedar trees, did not dim him, began in the garden of Hashem, and the spelling of it is with an ayin. So we see that to dim something, make something darker, we spell with an ayin, not with an al. So the same applies to coals, it's spelled with an ayin, not with an al. Fine. Ibailu, another question. We're going to see later on in the Mishnayis that the, when the someone passes away in Shabbos, you're not allowed to move the body. So you're not allowed to shut their eyes, which would be a, a common thing they would do. And when someone passes away, they shut their eyes. So again, the Lashem there is Ma'amtsin, to shut the eyes. Do you spell it with an Aleph, Ma'amtsin, Tanalai Ma'amtsin, with an Ayin? He's going to use the fact that in Torah many times letters are switched around. You have Keves, Kesev, Yo'ev, Oyev. You have different words that you could, you could switch around the letters. So here we have a passage about shutting one's eyes. It says, with an ayin, he shuts his eyes. And therefore, me'amates will come from the same shayrish as oitzim, although he's switching around the mem and the tzaddik. And therefore, you spell it with an ayin and not with an alf. So, someone who shuts his eyes from seeing bad, from seeing evil. So you see from here that the proper spelling from me'amates is with an ayin. Okay. Done with the spelling of the Aleph and the Ayans. Now we're going back to what the Mishnah said, different small measurements for different liquids. Generally liquids, the, the amount that's significant is a revis. But some liquids are an exception because you could do something useful with them even less than a revis. So we brought a few examples in the Mishnah. 
Here we're going we're gonna to bring a Brisa, which brings a few more examples. You take animals milk, that's the milk, plain milk that we speak about in the Mishnah. Can they give me the amount to take one gulp? That's exactly what the Mishnah said. But it brings other examples. A woman's milk, which usually no one else would drink other than the infant, and if it's, if it's in a cup, then obviously it's not, it's not something which, they, I mean, they, they, they wouldn't get in a generally bottled feed, so if it was, uh, it, was in a cup, it was in a cup, then it wouldn't be fed to the infant. So they would do something else with it. What was that? Let's see. The loyven shalbeitza, the egg white. So again, the, or the truth is, it's not, not the truth I said. It could be they would give it to the child to drink. But sometimes they would use it for other things as well, This uh, the mother's milk. And also this egg white, they, might, they could, they could they use it for food, but they could use it for something else as well, and a smaller measurement. What is that? When they would put the, the patch on the eye to cure the eye, so they would sometimes smear it with a woman's milk or with egg white, and somehow it would help the healing. So since they would put a very small amount and it was useful, so since you could use a very small amount of it, even that is already considered significant for carrying. Killer, the, the patch itself for the eye. What's the size of that? It has to be they, they would put the, the like the like the pad, whatever the pad in water and then smear the eye with it and then they would take it off. So if it's enough that you could put it into water, they lush of a mind to put it into water, enough water for two eyes, and then smear both eyes with it, then it's it's a large enough size of an of a of an eye patch or of an a pad which is meant for the eye. So it has to be useful that you could dip it into water and put it on the eye. Right Avash. shifa or shifa? Typically, if you want to dip this pad into water and then put it on your eyes, you have to have a grip, dip it in the water, put it onto your eyes, and then be able to put it down. You have to have what to hold on. That part which you have to hold on doesn't have to be put into water. Won't be useful on your eye. It's still held in your hand, but you have to have a grip. Do you count that? In order for the pad to be considered a useful pad, you have to have the amount where you can have a grip besides the part that you put into the water. But you see now, all you need is the size that will go into the water and will go into your eye. And you can manage somehow to hold it from the sides, from the edges. You don't have to have the extra bit, which you can have a grip. It's already considered useful even without the grip. So is it going to take, I don't know, it stays a question. It's, we don't know if it's high only if there's a size in the pad for the grip, plus what you'll dip into the water and put into the eyes, or it's enough that it has a size to uh, dip in the water and put on the eyes even without the grip. <coughs> okay. Fine. Okay, that's that. Continues the Mishnah. More examples of things that have a, uh, liquids that have a small measurement. And again, we'll have a question how small. Dvash, honey, they would smear a wound on an animal, a wound which came as a result of heavy loads. They would smear the, the wound. Now, the wound is like the tip of the wound, which is really bright red. And you have what's around it, which is a little bit pinkish. 
So the question is, when it says, oh, so Tana the Braisa adds a word. It says, to put it on the mouth of the wound. The question is, what does it mean, the mouth? Does it mean the surface? Or does it mean the, 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 the reddest part? Both of them can be called the mouth. Mouth can mean the top. Or mouth can mean the, the tip. So, Vayiravashi, Alkosis means Apuma the Kulakosis. Does it mean on the entire, on the entire wound? Or maybe Amur Shakama the Kosis, on the top bit, the reddest part of the wound, only there, you, it's, if you have enough honey to put on that tip, you're already high, it's already considered useful. La Apuki to exclude Hudarno. The surrounding part, the pinkish part, the law, you don't, you don't have to have enough honey for that. It's good enough you have honey for the tip. Again, teiku, we don't know. We don't know uh, how much honey he's hired, if it's uh, even when he has enough for the tip or only if he has enough for the entire surface of the wound. Fine. Now that you mentioned the wound of an animal and that you use honey for it, so again, there are Ramadi Chazal, which don't have a specific place in the Gemara. And wherever they have a link, they were put in. That's the Pashat understanding. So we're talking about healing a wound, a kosis. There are other remedies for the wound, not mentioned in the Mishnah, which we'll see are made out of creatures. We're going to talk about here taking a snail and crushing it and putting it on that wound. And from that, the Gemara will come to prove that every creature, every creation, even if it seems to be totally useless, is useful. So he's going to go through different creatures which seem to be a pain in the neck and that you make some sort of a remedy out of them. Says the Gemara, whatever Hashem created in the world, he created it. He didn't create anything which is useless. He created a snail. You crush it and you smear it on this wound of the animal. He created a fly. If a wasp stung you, you take a fly, you crush it, and you smear it on the sting of the wasp. If a snake bit you, somehow he managed to get some mosquitoes and he crushed them and he smeared on the bite, it helps. Never tried it, I never would try it, but uh, that's what it says. When someone has a certain type of blister and they take snakes and they crush it and they can smear it on the blisters and that will heal the blisters. Usmamis, spiders, La'akro, for a scorpion bite. Hey, what do you do? You take a black spider, and a white spider, you cook them, you smear it on the scorpion bite, and that heals. I mean, uh, scorpion bite, I don't know how, how long it takes to be effective, but uh, I guess it's enough time you can cook it and then smear it, and it's still going to help. Okay. Now that we spoke about how things that seem to be useless can be useful, so he's going to bring a similar idea to that, 
how certain creatures which seem to be very weak can make uh, animals which are very strong be, be scared of them, which shows again the power of the useless, the power of the weak. There are five things, five creatures where there's a weaker animal which causes a, a more, a, a stronger animal to be afraid of them. What is that? One of them is Amas Mavgia Ali. It actually doesn't say exactly which animal this is. Maybe one of the, again, the people with English Gemaris can offer the suggestion. There's an animal called the Mavgia, which Rashi says is a very small animal with a very loud voice. And when it sounds its voice, the lion hears it and he gets scared because he thinks it's a very strong animal and he runs, runs away. Steinzahl it? says it's the, the odor of a polecat, the smell, a polecat. 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 And it makes a smell. Yeah, it gives off a very strong okay. smell. Okay, okay. Rashi says it makes a loud noise. Could be a different shot, which says that it's a, a strong smell. And the line runs away. Amos Yatush Alapil. The elephant is scared of the mosquito. It has a very long nose and it can't really control it. And a mosquito enters his nose. It's 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 a, it's a it really it really it really hurts him. It really bothers him. And he doesn't he can't get rid of it. He can shake his nose from today to tomorrow, and the the, the, the mosquito will crawl in deeper. The scorpion is scared of the spider. Now um, it doesn't explain over here why. What is the Oh, it says that the spider enters the ear of the scorpion. Enters the ear of the scorpion. It sounds strange, but the scorpion is very small. Uh, but uh, it says it enters the ear of the scorpion and it, uh, it gets down his nerves. Although the scorpion is poisonous and could kill it, but you know, and the spider doesn't have any of those powers, still it could enter its ear and could make him a sugar. What's the translation for a snunis? It says it's an ogre in Hebrew. What Swallow. is this? Swallow. 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 It's a small bird. Swallow. So the swallow puts its fear on the eagle because uh, it could go uh, it, like snuggle under the wings of the eagle and then the eagle cannot spread its wings and fly. So though it's a very small bird, it could cause trouble to the eagle. Amos Kilbis Aliviosum. It's a small um, small creature in the sea. Any translation for it? Just says a fish, small fish. fish small fish that scares the large fish, even the largest fish of Aliviosum, because it could enter its uh, its ear. And... is not a fish. Huh? Leviathan is not a fish. Right. In, in today's Hebrew, Leviathan is a whale, which a whale is not a fish. In, in the Lashon of the Midrashim, Leviathan is like a big fish that we don't really know how to identify it, which is hiding deep down in the sea. But yeah, if you want to apply it to the whales, which are called today Leviathan, so then also they're a very big fish, or not fish, a very big creature that swims in the sea. And uh, this small creature can go into its ear. 
which Pasuk proves this idea that weak creatures can scare the stronger creatures, it says, Hashem strengthens Shoid, the one who is wronged, the one who usually can be crushed by the mighty one. Hashem strengthens him, Al-Az, over the mighty one. So Amavlik, he gives strength, Shoid, to the one who is wronged, who is overpowered, Al-Az, that he should be stronger than the mighty one. Okay. Fine. Now we're talking about this type of uh, idea, so we're going to speak about other things, which again, obviously all of these things have much deeper explanations, and uh, we're just reading now the Pasha Tepshat, but they're not talking about just very simple, shallow things. So we're going to speak about other types of discussions regarding animals, yeah, the nature of animals, which Chacham spoke about. Rabbi Zeira Ashkech Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Zeira found Rabbi Yehuda. He was standing by the door of his father's house, of his father-in-law's house. And Rabbi Zeira saw that he was very happy. He was in a very good mood. If you would ask from him anything happening under the sun, he would tell him, he's in a good mood now, I can ask him anything. So he asked him anything. He asked him, my time, and what's the reason? Easy mass liberation. Why, whenever a, a, a shepherd leads his, 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 his animals, and yes, he has goats and sheep, you'll always see the goats going ahead. And then the sheep. Now, the reason is simply because the goats are jumpy and wild, and they have, they're not very still, and the sheep are sheep. Yeah. And therefore, the goats run ahead. But he says, no, that's not the reason. The reason is, it's because that's the way Hashem created the world. First, he created dark. Then he created the light. First it was night, then it was day. And that's since Hashem created the world in that way, the darkness comes before light. That's why the dark animals go ahead before the, the whiter animals, the, the goats, which are generally black. Go ahead from the sheep, which are generally white. That's why. Okay. Then he has another question about them. My time, and what's the reason? The sheep are covered. They have long, fat tails, which cover them. And the goats have thin, small tails. They don't, they're not covered. They're not, yeah. So he said, very simple. Hashem made it in such a way. Because the sheep, which we make clothes out of their wool, so we get covered through them. So they deserve, they should also be covered. And honey, however the goats, we don't use their hair to make ourselves clothes. It's rough. They used to make sacks out of goats here. So since we don't benefit from them to be covered, they don't deserve to be covered. They don't have a cover. My time, what's the reason? A camel has a short tail. So, so you answer them, Hashem made it that way. He eats thorns. He goes to the desert, he eats thorns, he'll have a long tail, he'll get caught in the thorns. So Hashem made him with a short tail. Now, my time, a Why does a cow have a long tail? He stays in the swamps, and there's a bunch of mosquitoes over there. 
So that's something which can last for your children's children, the Bnei Bnei, can last for generations. Hutzah, if you make a wall out of the leaves, or out of the, out of the thorns, a wall between two, two uh, fields, it's called a Hutzah. Chatzitza, it's a temporary uh, separation. It's not going to last for a very long time. Chatzva, a jug that they would draw water from the well with it. Shechoitzevmaim, like you're carving out water, mean hanar from the river. Kuza, a small uh, cup, was called a kuza. Koze, only this amount. That's what it's called, kuza, only this amount. Shutisa, a hadas branch was called a shutisa because they used to dance with it and juggle it in front of Kalas and they would make themselves look silly. And they was called it's called shutisa as in shtusa, as in silliness. Mashikhlot was like a big bucket. They would wash themselves with it with their hands and their feet. They would wash themselves with it. It means mashikula. You can wash your entire self with this. Mashikhla, a small cup, they would wash only their hands with it. Mash your kalsa. That's something for kalas. For very important people, you take a small thing and you wash them with it. You don't take a whole bucket and you pour it on them. So that's why it was called mashkilsa. Asisa, a mortar. And you see internationally, old French was also called mortar. Why is it called a mortar? Chasirsa, it's missing. It's missing the inside. It's carved out. So it's called asisa. Buchna, that's the pestle, what do you call it? The, the stick. Now you, the pestle. Why is it called Buchna? Let's bang it. It's called Buchna. Levusha, a jacket is called a levush. Loi Busha, I don't have any, any, any uh, uh, shame with this. Because in those days, they would wear their clothing and they would patch it up. And it didn't look so presentable. But then I put, on top of it, I put this, this jacket. Oh, now I have no more busha. Now I'm not ashamed anymore. Glimai cloak, which is like a one piece covering your whole self. You look like an unshaped piece. You just, one cloak on you and that's it. Gulsa, a nice long jacket, a tuxedo, let's say, or a kapata. Yeah? Gali ve'esid. When you want to sit down, you lift it up. You see, like, think they're like Bekech and they like lift it up and they want to sit down because it's too nice to. So, gul, it's called a gulsa because you have to like lift it up in order to sit down. Puriya, a bed is called Puriya. Shepard and Rabbin It creates, you have to, it makes it true, it makes up children. Bur, Zinka, they would call an empty pit, they would call it a Bur Zinka. Burzenoki. This pit is clean. There's no water in it. Sudra, that was a talus that the Tamid Chom used to wear all day. They used to cover that with a talus. It's Sod Hashem Lirayov. This is Hashem's secret for those that fear him. For Tamid Chachom, they're supposed to have this and cover the head with a talus. Apadna, the king's doorway was called Apadna, the doorway of a, of a, of a, of a palace. Here people come for judgment. They come, they want to get judged by the king, by the judge. That, so that's why they, they, it's called a patent. So they found a reason, even for words in Aramaic, 
that each word has a meaning. We spoke about animals and being other things about animals. There are three animals that calls manchamaskin, and the older they get, they sit in good and they become stronger. They dog and fish, the nachash and a snake, the chazir and a chazir. Okay. That's the end of the sugya of the animals, which definitely you can check it up and find deeper explanations, more than just a simple explanation. Chassidus talks a lot about the fact that the, the goats come before the sheep, the darkness before the light. That's the say that everything in the world, uh, that the, the Hashem created the, the, the darkness for us to bend it, for us to refine it, and everything else here definitely has also much more explanations. Goes on the Gemara back to what we said in the Mishnah, that the amount of oil which you're higher for, for taking out from Rishusha Yochid is the amount to smear the small limb. What's a small limb? Amri Dvei Rabiyana, Shemin, the oil, can they loss of the smear? Aver cotton shall cotton ben the smallest limb of a, 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 a one day old infant, the pinky, the toe pinky of a day old infant. That means the smallest limb possible. Says the Gemara, we have a Brahisa which says differently. Mesevei, the Gemara asked them from a Brahisa, it says, Shemen, oil, kadei losach, iber cotton, ve cotton ben yoimoi, to smear a small limb and an infant one day, one day old. So it sounds like one or the other, either the smallest limb of an adult or a larger limb of an infant. So it's not the smallest limb of an infant. So the, my love, seemingly this means Aver cotton the goddam, either the smallest limb of an, of an adult, or the Aver Godash cotton in Yaimai, or the smallest limb of an infant, a day old infant. That's not the chant. How he come? We can say like this Shaman Kidei Losuch Aver cotton, Shan cotton in Yaimai. The V can be an explanation. It's the saying in the Brahis that we're talking about the small limb, but it's not just a small limb. On top of that, the small limb of an infant, of a day old infant, of the smallest human being. Fine. Says the Gemara, okay, based on your pshat, if so, we have a machloikis tanoim, whether you're right, whether you go by the smallest limb of an infant or you go by a small limb of an adult. Where do we see this? The Bryce says like this Shaman kidei losuch aver kotu. The amount of oil which is significant is if you could smear a small limb. And an infant. So the, according to Rabbi Yana's yeshiva, the pshat is the smallest limb of an infant. Rabbi Nosson, he argues and he says, without adding an infant, which would sound like a small limb of an adult. So what you said is, I have no problem with that. But here we'll have a clear support that a Tana holds like you. My last simile, Bahakum, if this is the Machlikis, the Rabshim and Nazar Savar Aver cotton shell cotton, it means a small limb of an infant. But I'm not Savar Aver cotton the Godel, either an all, uh, either a small limb of an adult, or Aver Godel the cotton, or a small, uh, a large limb of an infant. Aver Aver cotton shell cotton in Yemi, but just enough to smear the pinky of an infant, of a day old infant. Like, then he says, then, then uh, that that you're not high. Says the Gemara, no, no, no. You're basing this that you'll have a support for Rabbi Yana's yeshiva that one Tana holds like him, according to the Pshat of Rabbi Yana. 
that Aver cotton, the cotton means a small limb of an infant. I can go back to my old chat. I can say that Aver cotton, the cotton means two other things, either an old, either, either a small limb of an adult or a large limb of an infant, and then no one knows like Rabbi Ani's issue. Because I'm going to lie, the Kuliyama, everyone could hold Aver cotton, the cotton, they, they say that a pink of an infant is not enough. If you could just smear that, it's not enough. They disagree with Rabbi Yannan. Here they're arguing with this, the, the, with something else. That what? Reb Shimon was a sovereign. Even God the cotton, the God the God the cotton, and Yemikia Dodin. You know, Reb Shimon says that a pinky of an adult and a large limb of an infant is the same size, the same amount of oil at least you have to use for it. Reb Nosson sovereign, no. Aver cotton the godel in, aver godel the cotton in Yemiloi. It's two separate sizes, and what you need is the amount of oil which you can smear on a small limb of an adult, and you dis you 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 disregard the large limb of an infant. So basically, we could say that no one knows like Rabbiana is yeshiva. Says the Gemara, my habila. What's the conclusion? Toshma the Tanya, it is a clear brisa which is clearly like Rabbiana. Rabbi Shimon Allah Zer Eimer Shemen oil that they lost of Eimer cotton or cotton and Yoimoi that the amount of oil that your chayiv is if you could smear the smallest limb of an infant so definitely Rabbi Shimon Allah Zer holds like that Rabbi Nosson doesn't but Rabbi Shimon Allah Zer does and Rabbi Yanai holds like Rabbi Shimon Allah Zer and he touches the mission like Rabbi Shimon Allah Zer so the Mishnah just said that oil the amount of oil which is significant that you could smear a small limb what is that? Says Rabbi Yanni's yeshiva, the small limb of a day-old infant, the toe pinky of a day-old infant. Although Bryce's say a small limb and a, a, a day-old infant, which could sound like one or the other, a small limb of an adult or a large limb of an infant, says Rabbi Yanni, that's not pshat. The pshat is, it's the same thing, a small limb of an infant. Rabbi Nosson argues, and he says a small limb, which sounds like a small limb of an adult, but the Gemara wanted to say maybe no one holds like Rabbi Yana. Maybe when Abshim ben says a small limb and an infant, he means one or the other, which means they, they, they match in their size. But 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 it's you're talking about a, a small limb of an adult. And the Rabnosan says no, they're not the same size. Only look at the small limb of an adult. Don't try to match it to the large limb of an infant. But the Gemara proved from a clear Brian said that Abiyana is right, that Abshim ben Elazar holds that we're talking about the smallest limb of an infant. That's one Tana holds like that, that Nelson argues. And Abiyana holds that our Mishnah goes like Abshim ben Elazar. So if you could summarize somehow, it's, not, it's a bit hard to summarize. But we spoke about the spelling of different words with an olive or with an ayin, proving it from Sukkim. We spoke about different liquids that you use to smear on the pad that you, you wash the eye with the mother's milk and the egg white, and therefore that's enough of a size to be chayyif. The pad, the pad itself has to be the size to dip into water and to put on the eyes, and we're not sure if we include also the, the grip. The, the, the honey on the on the wound, we're not sure if it's just to put on the tip of the wound, as the rice would mean piakos is the tip, or maybe it means the entire surface of the wound, we're not sure. And then we brought different creatures that are useful, which they seem to be useless, because you could smear them on different wounds, 
starting from a snail on, on this wound that you could the question smear on the wound and other in, in other creatures that you could smear to heal different wounds. Then we spoke about different weak animals that scare the larger animals because of their specific uh, uh, nature that Hashem gave them. Then we spoke about the Abzera, the Asher of Yehuda, different things about animals, why goats go first, because darkness came first, why they're covered, because they, why the sheep are covered, because they offer clothing to people and not goats, why the camels have short tails, because they, they, they go through thorns, and, and, and the cows have long tails, because they have to send away the mosquitoes, and the, the sensors of, of, uh, of um, ants are soft, they shouldn't break, because they go between our obvious and the 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 and the eyelids of a, of, a, of a chicken go from bottom up in order that the smoke shouldn't go in. And then many words in Aramaic that have a meaning to them, although we wouldn't necessarily think so. And, and then about the three types of animals which get stronger the older they get, the fish, the snake, and the chazi. Then we spoke about the oil, how much oil is significant. So the Mishnah says to smear the small limb, and Abiyanis Hashim means the small limb of an infant, a day-old infant. And although there were braces that sounded otherwise, they say, no, the Pshat of it there is. The braces says a small limb and an infant. So we thought it's two separate things. Says, no, it means a small limb of an infant. And we found the braces which clearly says that in Abshim in the loss's opinion. And the Rebunosan argues and it says, no, it's a small limb of an adult. Okay. Ah. Uh, are you still there?